Well, this episode is certainly not coming out at midnight uh, as the Tigers go into extra innings, but do win in a game that already started at 740. Let's talk about it all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off of your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All righty. Well, the Detroit Tigers do win a ballgame in Kansas City at Kauffman. Great place to watch a ballgame, by the way. Fantastic. Uh, I really, really like Kauffman. I think it's a great ballpark. I think one of the more underrated parks out there. A lot of great stuff to do around Kaufman as well. Right off the highway, easily accessible. A lot of stuff it has going for it. Fantastic barbecue uh, all over the place down there as well. I had an enjoyable experience when I went to Kaufman a couple of years ago. But on Monday night, the Detroit Tigers spoil the uh, the, the the home crowd there and win 8-5. to five. In 10 innings, uh, this game, without any shadow of a doubt, took years off my life. Without a doubt. Uh, when it's all said and done for me, uh, you can chalk up probably several days, if not weeks, to this baseball game, uh, which is ridiculous because this team's under 500 and it's May. Uh, but that's just, like, unfortunately, I just <laughs> care a lot about this baseball team that has not brought me uh, a, a lot of wins over the last seven years. And uh, but in this one, they did. So that's great. Uh, very much a roller coaster of emotions. This baseball game was um, from like all over the place. The pitching was a roller coaster of emotions. The bullpen was certainly a roller coaster, especially late. Uh, the offense had a lot of good and a lot of bad. Just the definition of roller coaster of emotions, I guess. Maybe that'll be the name of this episode. This was this was wild uh, for for all of the the right and wrong reasons. Where do we even? I guess we'll just start with Michael Lorenzen for chronological sake. Uh, Michael Lorenzen in this baseball game goes five and two thirds, five hits, five earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts, three home runs against. His ERA goes up to four oh eight on the season. I don't expect him to be too much better than. 408. Eh. I think ideally he's like a just like a sub four ERA starting pitcher. I think that's probably what is like a realistic, like, oh, he's like been good this year kind of expectation. Um, but I, I don't expect him to be too much better or worse than like a four ERA. Which, yeah, I mean, you, you can be the second best starter on this team with a 3-8 ERA or whatever he's going to settle in at long term. But, um, yeah, you know, this was a game where it was weird because I actually – I'm almost kind of, like, nervous to say this out loud because the final line is not good. But, like, I honestly did not think he looked bad. 
like really at all. Uh, I, I thought he made two really bad pitches and he got barreled up a little bit for sure. I think he had, I don't even know, three or four flyouts to the warning track. The ball was flying in Kaufman. The Tigers had plenty of long flyouts as well. Uh, but I, I didn't think he looked terrible. Uh, the, the first home run he gave up was a horrendous pitch. And the Jackie Bradley Jr. one could have been a lot better. Jackie Bradley Jr. is legitimately, like, there's a legit argument he's the worst hitter in baseball. Like, for real. Like, this is real life. There is an actual, real, like, winnable argument that JBJ in the year 2023 is the worst hitter in the majors. He has a 12 WRC plus going into this ballgame on Monday. He hits a home run to the opposite field. He hasn't had an opposite field hit since last year. And it's a homer, his first homer since last year. And then he makes two great plays in center. That's not unexpected. Uh, JBJ is one of the more underrated defensive center fielders of this entire generation, in my opinion. He's phenomenal. But, I mean, golly, can we stop? <laughs> can we stop just being that team? Like, you know, can we just stop being the team that, like, oh, this player's absolutely awful. Well, they're going to go yard tonight. No one's awful that that plays in the majors. I, I'm, I'm being very dramatic just for – uh, because I'm frustrated, but it, it's just, it's, it's mind boggling to me how we always find ourselves in this situation. We always, always, always find ourselves in the situation of, Hey, this guy hasn't hit a Homer since the Bush administration. Well, he's going yard twice tonight. Like, why is that always us? I guess it's because we haven't won very much in the last seven years, but it's just very frustrating. Um, Michael Lorenzen, back on track there. Kind of an ADHD moment there. I apologize. But um, Michael Lorenzen, yeah, I, I didn't think he looked awful. And throughout the game, like he he has a pretty consistent pitch mix when it comes to like righties are going to get his four-seamer and his slider and lefties are going to get his four-seamer and his changeup. And that's just, he's going to be a two-pitch pitcher and use three pitches to be a two-pitch pitcher, if that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, like, the slider got a lot of swings and misses. He got a lot of called strikes on it. Uh, the It got crushed once. But, like, outside of that one time it got crushed, it was a really good pitch. The changeup got crushed, I think, twice, maybe three times. Outside of that, when it wasn't getting crushed and it was mixed well, it was also a really effective pitch. And then the four-seam fastball, it, it kind of just, like, is what it is. The the, the four-seam fastball is going to be pretty consistent pitch for him. He's going to get some called strikes low in the zone on it because he goes slider and change up. So he's going to be able to buckle some knees with the fastball low. But if you're sitting on it, you're going to be able to hit it hard. That's always going to be a thing. That, that's not really surprising that the four-seam got hit hard to me. But uh, the, the other ones, especially lately, haven't been getting hit very hard. The changeup fell victim to... Uh, some high exit velocities in this ball game. Um, so, yeah, just like a, a weird start where uh, maybe he didn't look bad is maybe too general. Like, it, it obviously wasn't a, a fantastic outing, but it, it was it was kind of like 
I guess a roller coaster. Like it really just comes back down to that. Like he'd go two innings without giving up anything. And then he would throw two just hanging changeups that would get absolutely crushed. One 430 feet, one 410 feet that Riley Green has his back up against the wall at for a flyout. And he'd get out of the inning like relatively fine ish. Like that's just kind of what this was. Like when his pitches missed, they missed really, really badly. But as a whole, the entire outing, uh, there was still a lot of good there. I didn't think this was like some train wreck where he was consistently bad the entire outing, I guess is more of my point. Makes sense? I hope it did. Um, okay, let's get into uh, the offense. We certainly have a lot to get into there uh, because there was a lot of good and a lot of bad on the offensive side of the ball for the Tigers. Uh, and then bullpen, and then we have a trade to kind of go over Low-level trade, depth for depth, but uh, I want to keep everybody in, as informed as I am as best as I can. So we're going to talk about it a little bit. We'll do that right after I tell y'all about our friends over at So Rare. It's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace that's transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience. You can collect, buy, sell, and compete with player cards against global competitions to win epic rewards, win or lose. You still own your cards, and there's no cost to actually play. It's awesome. They're, they're paired with Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez, who you see on commercials and stuff. If you have MLB TV, you see their commercials often. It is growing rapidly because everyone's realizing how awesome it is. It's truly fascinating and very, very unique. It's a great time. So go ahead to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's S-O-R-A-R-E.com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineups, and start competing today to an epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Lockdown Tigers. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I greatly appreciate y'all who do that and do tune in every day. The everydayers uh, tune in tomorrow. We'll be back, obviously, recapping game two of this three game set against the Kansas City Royals in Kansas City. Um, I, I did want to say just in terms of the series. This was a close game and it shouldn't have been. I, I maybe. I just don't think very highly of the Royals at the moment, but like who does, but like genuinely, I felt like we were the better team the entire ball game. And it was very frustrating for me to watch us. Like I felt like control isn't the right word, but I, I felt like we, Oh, I don't even want to use this word at all, but like we deserved to win. Like the, like the Tigers felt like the better team for 10 innings. I almost said nine. And the fact that it went into extras was very frustrating. I'll be honest. It, 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 miraculously, the Tigers are 21 and 24 and only two and a half games out of first place in the AL Central because the Twins lost to the Giants on Monday night. Uh, they're barely over 500. You probably, you, you need to win two of three. It is an absolute failure if you don't win this series, especially now that you won game one. There's zero excuse to not win the series. You should probably sweep this baseball team. I know that the Tigers aren't world beaters, and uh, most people still think that they're going to lose around 90 ball games, if not more. I, I completely understand that, but the Royals are awful. 
Like the the Royals are are what four wins better than the A's. They're the only team that's even in the same stratosphere as the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's have like ten wins, I think, at the time of this recording, ten or eleven if they won on Monday night, which I, you know, odds are not good. I haven't looked, but so you know what? I, like like they're. Uh, I think the worst team in the National League is. I guess I can pull it up right now. I think the worst team in the National League is the Rockies, and I think they have nineteen wins. Oh, they won. The worst team in the NL has 20 wins. The Nationals, the Reds, and the Rockies all have 20 wins. The A's have 10. The Royals have 14. And the next worst team in baseball is the White Sox with 19. Like, you are talking about, like, a a legitimate, like, bottom-of-the-barrel baseball team. Um, And one of the reasons why is because they have absolutely no pitching. And in this game, the Tigers face Brady Singer, who his entire career has been a Tigers killer. We talk so often about Tigers killers on the offensive side of the ball, right? And like like uh, like Jay Ram for Cleveland, right? He's like an infamous Tiger killer. Or like dating yourself a little bit, like Jim Tomei was always a big Tiger killer. Jose Abreu was, you know, still is, I guess, very much a, a somebody who's in that. Uh, category there, there's all people like that you know all throughout tigers history depending on what era you grew up in everybody remembers more it's a very fun conversation to have to be honest with you um but uh, that is who was the one oh he was a royal billy butler you remember every time we played billy butler that dude unbelievable that that could be a whole show in itself maybe we'll do that next offseason just spend 30 minutes talking about tiger killers but on the pitching side brady singer was the definition of that i think he was six and zero going into this ball game in his career against the tigers um like a two two something era they flashed the stats on the broadcast before the game started and this year he has been dreadful which is really unfortunate because i really liked brady singer at college thought he was the best pitcher in the country when he was there and he has been really solid and a really like a, a lot of uh, promise. That's the word that has uh, that I, that I, a lot of people, myself included, thought he had as he was kind of growing at the major league level. And this year, he has just I haven't been on my, on my fantasy team too. Full disclosure, it has been a struggle for for Brady Singer. He's got like a seven and a half ERA on the season. Uh, I think he he has given up like five plus earned runs in a lot of starts this season. It, he's just no command, no feel. The slider is not biting nearly as much as it used to. People are all over it. it it's really unfortunate. And I, for his own sake, I really hope that he does figure it out because I, I I just I it would be really sad to see like someone that had all the potential that he had coming out of college and in his early career at the major league level, even just kind of turn into whatever is happening this year. So hopefully he figures it out, but the Tigers took advantage of that today and had again, a boatload of walks for like the second game in a row, right? We, we, the finale against the nationals, they, they had a more walks than anyone and just couldn't hit them home. Well, that happened again. And while the Tigers did end this game with eight runs, uh, you would not think it, Based on the numbers with runners in scoring position, they went three for 12 with runners in scoring position. And two of those hits were in the top of the 10th inning when you scored three runs. Crazy how that works, right? It's crazy how 
clutch hitting directly leads to runs. That's mind-boggling stuff. Um, but they were, through nine innings, one for 10 with runners in scoring position and had, I think, 11 base runners left on as a team. Just continues to be a conversation with this baseball team. Zero ability to drive runners in. It is absolutely infuriating. It makes me so upset. I'm so angry watching this offense a majority of the time. And the reason is because, like, last year was just embarrassing and pathetic for historic reasons, right? That was just a completely inept offense that couldn't do anything ever. They couldn't even get runners on base, nonetheless hit them home. This team is getting runners on base. They've been walking at an unreal clip over the last week right? An unreal clip. Uh, Spencer Torkelson had four walks tonight. Akil Badu has walked in like every game over the last six or seven games or something like that. And has several of those games has had multiple walks. Like they are, Zach McKinstry's a walk machine. Like they, they are getting a ton of runners on base. They had 10 walks in this baseball game. 10, 10, nine in nine innings and just refused to hit them home. Matt Veerling looked good today. We'll get into individual performances in a second, but like if it wasn't for his home run and just saying, you know what? No one can hit, have timely hitting. So Matt Veerling's just going to go over the fence here to, to get some guaranteed runs on the board. If it wasn't for that, the Tigers don't make it to extras and lose this game despite having 11 hits and 10 walks. They had 21 base runners and went one for 10 through nine innings with runners in scoring position. The definition of unacceptable. So, that continues to plague this team. Any like I'm not asking to be like the Texas Rangers are hitting like 330 or something like unsustainably ridiculous um, with runners in scoring position. Like there's no way that's gonna that's gonna hold throughout 162. I'm not asking for that. I'm asking to not bat 200 with runners in scoring position over the course of the season like they have. The only team worse than you is the Padres, who are, that's a whole, we could spend a half an hour talking about their struggles this season. But like, I'm asking for like one or two more timely hits a game. And like the same amount of base runners. Not asking to go five for five with risp. I'm not asking to go three for five. You can still strand 15 a night for all I care. But get like three or four uh, hits in 15 or 16 attempts. Like uh, just a little bit more. One or two more timely hits a game. And this team would legitimately be like 500 at the moment. But they just can't. And it's infuriating. Okay, we did win though. Vibes are high. We did win. 
Uh, we're going to talk about the good. We had a lot of really solid individual performances in this baseball game that I want to go over. And then we'll talk a little bit about the bullpen and the manager managerial side at the end uh, as well. But first, I'm going to tell you all about our friends over at – whoops. Oh, I'm going to find it. Dang it. Game time. First time's a charm. Uh, at game time, you have – you can, rather, forget about planning months in advance – they have deals on tickets right up to the a day of the event. You can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. They have everything you could possibly want to attend. Uh, and they also give you the game time guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. Even if you find tickets in the same section and row for less somewhere else, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets you want without the stress at game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Third and final segment here, Locked On Tigers. So, uh, let's talk about some individual performances here. Riley Green had a good day, two for five with a walk. Um, Zach McKinstry, good again, a hit and a walk. His OPS is now just under 790. Yeah, the, the top of the lineup did well in this one. Uh, we'll get to Baez in a second. Spencer Sorgelson goes 0 for 2 with four walks. That's pretty wild. Uh, oh. Four walks. I think they said in the broadcast it was the first time a Tiger had walked four times in a game since J.D. Martinez did in like 2018 or 17. Pretty crazy stuff there. I think Torgelson's seeing the ball really well lately. Um, I, I also think that he – it's all about pitch selection for him, and that's something that he's been working on a lot. And I think that he has been choosing to swing at much better pitches – really over the course of this entire season. The next step is actually taking advantage of picking correctly, right? You can you can have good pitch selection all you want. We talk all the time about Nick Maton works a ton of counts. If you can't actually hit the ball when it is the right pitch to swing at, then it's all for naught. It doesn't matter. So that's the next step in, in development for him. But I, I do think that he his, his, his pitch selection at the plate has been really solid. There's a lot of numbers that – uh, back that up too, just as far as, you know, like choosing pitches that uh, theoretically and non-theoretically just in practice, you can do a lot more damage with. Um, so that's been a good sign from him lately, but still, obviously we want to see him uh, continue to get better. He's been better in May than he was in April as well. Um, yeah, Riley Green, good to see him get a couple of hits and a walk, just given the fact that he was on fire all of May and then in the national series happened and the last two games of it, he really looks like a completely different hitter and was not very effective at all. So good to see him get back on the horse in that one. Um, I do want to talk about Nick Maton goes over again. I want to talk about Andy Abanez. Andy Abanez has a 191 average and a 534 OPS on the season. That is including when we had the, a conversation like a week into May when he had an 1,000 OPS in the month of May. It was like the first, whatever, seven or eight uh, days in the month. So uh, that 
hot streak has come and gone. Now we talked about this a lot. Like the, if you listen to the show every day, you're very aware that this was maybe not to this depth, but this was bound to happen because Andy Abanya is, while he makes contact with a lot of stuff and doesn't strike out a boatload, he is a free swinger and people that have that approach at the plate tend to have really hot, hot streaks and really cold, cold streaks. We've seen it with scope over the years. Uh, like before the last year when he's just been awful all around. I mean, even when Scope was still like a league average hitter back a couple of years ago, that was kind of, you know, he had a one month with a 300 OPS and one month with a 1,000 OPS, and that's just kind of how it goes. Um, so I would say that Kerry Carpenter, it sounds like uh, maybe a rehab starts soon. I don't have an exact date or anything to give you, but uh, seems to me that he will probably – Signs are pointing to him starting a rehab assignment relatively soon. And I would imagine that once he is healthy, it's going to be Carpenter returning at the expense of either Scope or Abanez would be my best guess. And as far as the Malloy people, I, I w- love Justin Henry Malloy. He's one of my favorite prospects just because of how much he walks. He has great discipline. Um, but his May numbers are not as incredible as the April numbers were. So they're not bad or anything, but, um, so I, I don't, I don't know if that's going to be like, I don't know. You might, patience might have to be a thing there. It's a virtue, uh, but uh, you might not get that like right at Memorial day. You know what I mean? Like that we'll see what happens. You'll see him a lot this season. I'm not trying to say that you're just not going to see him at the major league level at all. Um, but it might not be like, I don't know in the next week. Like it might not be in the month of May. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, I think the the bigger thing is looking for when Kerry Carpenter comes back and seeing if it's going to be for Abanez or scope, or I guess maybe Zach shorts thrown in there as well. Um, Matt Veerling had a phenomenal game in this one. He goes three for four with a walk and a home run. Uh, he had what four RBIs in this baseball game as well. So yeah, certainly was carrying a heavy load there as far as <laughs> offense goes. Uh, his OPS on the season is now back up to 687, which is great because like a week and a half ago was below 600. So, yeah, he, he got off to a decent start, then kind of slowed down, then got hot again, and then really cooled off and was really bad for the entire first month of May, was like an automatic out. And now over the last five or six games, has been on a massive heater again. So good to see him kind of get back on the horse, looking for a little more consistency out of everybody, right? That's like the sign of of a really good, like solid Major League Baseball player, you know? There's a lot of dudes that can come up and run into a homer, a lot. High single A, double A, triple A. There's a lot of dudes that have the ability to run into a, a, a home run at the Major League level. There's a lot of dudes that have the ability to be hot for a week, be hot for two weeks. The true testament to a really solid, above-average Major League Baseball player is someone who can consistently put together good at-bats and good production over the course of 162 games. And that is why I love and will never advocate for baseball to uh, cut back the amount of games in that it has. That was horrible English. Because... No other sport puts you up against that type of just marathon. You have to have your head in the game and be focused for an entire summer 
If you play for, for the Tigers, you're going from when it's snowing to when it's snowing, right? So I, I, I that is the, the big testament to becoming like a solid, right? Like wins above replacement war. Like if you want to be a solid, solidified, above league average, above replacement level player, you need to have some consistency to you. And that is what this team desperately lacks at the moment. It's just a consistent bat. There's a lot of dudes that have gone on hot streaks. We, we've seen Torque, hot, cold, hot, cold. We've seen Riley Green, hot, cold, hot, cold. Javi Baez is the definition of hot, cold, hot, cold. Nick Maton, a lot of cold, a little bit of hot, a lot of cold, though. Andy Abanez, hot, cold. Matt Veerling, we just talked about. Eric Haas, cold, hot, freezing cold the last couple of weeks. Team desperately needs consistency from anyone. Literally anyone in the lineup. Give me one person in this lineup who is relatively consistent throughout the course of the year. And I would consider that a massive win. And I think it would help this offense a ton. Not that one player is going to single-handedly make this team like an 80 or 85 or 90 win team or anything. But just having someone you can consistently rely on is something that this team desperately needs. And we're hoping that a few guys turn into that throughout the course of the season. Um, Yeah, bullpen, that's pretty much it for the offense. A lot of walks, great approach. Great, great, great approach. I cannot express enough how much I'm liking the fact that they're walking a ton. But walking, while it's like my favorite thing on earth, uh, it is all for naught if you can't pair it with timely hitting. Or power. This team has neither. And that's why you see ridiculous totals at the end of games with one for 15 with runners in the scoring position, two for 13. What, right? Because they consistently get men on and they can't do anything with it. They had bases loaded like three times today, took advantage of it once. Same with the Nationals game. So, again, desperately need that to turn a corner. Uh, bullpen, Will Vest, solid. Uh, Chase and Shreve, face one batter, solid. Alex Lang, 0.89 ERA. I didn't even think this was like, especially in the second inning of work, uh, I, I didn't think that this was like peak Alex Lang. He, he kind of had some command issues, was all over the place. But his stuff is so good, he doesn't even need to be pinpoint. I've said that a million times this season, dating back to last year even. Um, but he just needs to be in the same zip code as the strike zone. And he's pretty much unhittable. And that was put on full display tonight. Uh, He's unbelievable. He truly is unbelievable. And again, four and a half years of control left, I believe, for Alex Lang. Tigers got a very valuable asset there. And then Jose Cisnero, while it was not pretty whatsoever, uh, his ERA is now down to 2-5, and he's only allowed one earned run since April 22nd. That's like a month. Today's April 23rd. So in the last literal calendar month, he has allowed one earned run. Um, so awful start to the season. Objectively, no one's going to deny that. And tonight, again, or Monday night, rather, was not pretty. That was not a pretty, he could not find the zone, a lot of it. Um, but has been getting the job done lately. Um, okay, I think that's pretty much it for, oh, Javi. Oh, I did want to talk about Javi. Um, yeah, so he goes three for six, but two of the hits shouldn't have even been hits. One was like 
a barely bloop single over the first baseman's head. And another one was a swinging bunt that Brady Singer couldn't make a play on. Um, so like not like really good at bats or anything. He had a horrible at bat later in the game when they had runners on and really needed Javi Baez to like score. It might've even been one of the bases loaded times, but there's definitely at least one runner in scoring position and first pitch swing pop out to first base. Um, then in extras, he comes to the plate and sm- it's his hardest hit ball of the year. He smokes it. It sounded like a, a cannon went off in Kaufman Absolute rocket to left field, 114 miles an hour off the bat. Scores all three. Tries to stretch a double into a triple. Gets thrown out at third. Tries to do his swim move thing. Doesn't work. Um, but it, it's it's just he's so frustrating because he can be so good and he still does have value to this team. Whether you want to hear it or whether you're just scoffing or not, it's true. Like he does add value to, to this baseball team because again there's a lot of dudes that are just not solidified major league baseball players and whether you like it or not Javi Baez is that and he hasn't been a train wreck in the field this year uh, he's actually been one of the best defenders in all of baseball this season um, it, it's just so frustrating because he'll just go a week where you're like what on earth is happening uh, this, <laughs> and then he'll do that, and he'll go and and be up in a big moment and take advantage. Uh, he has a flair for the dramatic. I really wanted him to face Amir Garrett. Amir Garrett really wanted him to face Javi Baez, uh, but I'm not sure we're ever going to get that. To be honest with you, I think the managers just don't want to deal with it. Um, but yeah, just. Javi giveth and Javi taketh away. That truly is the best way I can describe it. Um, came up clutch. And he's done that a lot. But he's also done the opposite a lot. So just a forever frustrating. It's just going to be a never-ending cycle with him. Um, okay, that is pretty much it. Uh, do you want to talk about this trade just a little bit here? Uh, it's nothing crazy. I'm not going to take up too much of your time with it, but there was a, a minor leaguer for minor leaguer trade that happened. The Tigers acquire outfielder Brady Allen from Miami in exchange for outfielder Jonathan Davis. Um, so Allen has pretty solid walk numbers. He's 23 year old, 23 years old and in high single A. So this isn't like some earth shattering thing. He's not going to be in the majors anytime soon. Um, but he's got a good arm in the outfield, has decent walk numbers, has like a mid 760 ish OPS in high single A again, uh, has been pro. I think he was in the 2021 draft. So, uh, yeah. And Jonathan Davis has been hitting the ball really well in Toledo. So from Miami's perspective, they want to sure up their major league depth. So they're going to get rid of a 23 year old in high single A and get a guy who, while Jonathan Davis is, of a veteran at this point and has never been that good of a hitter at the major league level. He's at least hitting well in the, in triple a this year and Miami can then add to their outfield depth a little bit. And if they do need to go into the well of the minor leagues for outfielder depth, they have somebody who uh, has been hitting well at the minor league level and that they hope can maybe translate over and have a hot stretch or whatever at the major league level. Whereas uh, the Tigers have really no use for a 30-year-old career 
minor leaguer uh, at, at that's hitting well in Toledo. So uh, they are getting rid of him and bringing in a guy who they hope they can work through the system and, and maybe be in AAA by the end of the season or be in AAA by next season at, at 24 years old um, and uh, get younger. So, like, it's not an earth-shattering thing, but I did want to bring it up and just say, in general, uh, I, Davis is 31, actually, but um, in general, I am pro making your depth, like, younger. You know, like, if, if you can – for where the Tigers are at. Obviously, you just want to be better, period. It shouldn't matter, really, how old they are. But um, for where the Tigers are at, uh, I, I think that that made sense. Okay? Went way too long with this episode talking about adding this trade talk at the end here. But I, I just want to be – again, I, I want to keep you all in the loop as in the loop as I am. Does that make sense? Okay. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. I appreciate you all greatly. Tomorrow we'll re- be recapping game two of this series against the Royals. Again, you should probably just – like you probably should sweep this baseball team. They're not good. Uh, tomorrow on the bump is Eduardo Rodriguez Day as well. So even more of a reason to just go out there and win. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.